and welcome to chapel. As a way to begin our, uh, continue in our service, I'd like to pray the English translation of the words of the song that they just sang for us. Let us pray. Come, O Jesus Christ, make your dwelling with us. We shall be watchful through the night. We'll wait for hope for your day to dawn. Come, set us free. All our trust is in you. Now, O Jesus Christ, make your dwelling with us. Amen. This morning, we are delighted to have parables with us. Um, Parables is a student-led worship team that uses music and drama in worship services and congregations throughout the Midwest. And this year, their focus is on grace. And so that's some of what we will be hearing this morning. Parables is directed by Professor of Music Deb Brubaker, along with all these students here. And they will make more formal introductions of themselves. Good morning. We are Parables. Um, I'm Ana Yoder. I'm a second-year music and Spanish double major. I'm Carla Santiago, a third-year music education major. I'm Patrick Ressler, a second-year music education major. Adriel Santiago, second-year communication and theater major. I'm Alan Shank, a third-year music major. I'm Andrea Craybill, a second-year art major. Scott Kempf, second-year peace, justice, and conflict studies major. I'm Molly Kellogg, a second-year music major. We've all heard the story of Jesus walking on the water and how Peter was led to walk out to him. But what of the other disciples in the boat? What may they have been thinking or feeling? For this drama, we each thought about how we would react to seeing Jesus walking on the water and what we would say or do. And we invite you now, as these scenes unfold, to think about how you need Jesus in your own life and what you would do in a similar situation. Five loaves and two fishes. I would never have thought that that amount of food could have fed all those people. I mean, it just doesn't add up. Well, how many people were there? Well, there are 5,000 men, but I haven't even finished counting the women and children yet. I know you. 
share. This past summer for SST, I was in Nicaragua, and I spent my service um, in an orphanage for disabled children. This orphanage had um, 23 children, and of course I fell in love with all of them, but there was one girl who really stood out for me, and her name was Valeska. Valeska was 10 years old, slightly mentally delayed, and she was blind. 
She was also one of the most talented 10-year-old singers I have ever met. Not only did she have a wonderful voice, but she could learn songs in no time, even songs we would teach her in English. She had learned to sing Bingo, Old MacDonald, Twinkle, Twinkle, Little Star, and other little classic songs like that. It was incredible. What was more incredible about Valeska was the way she affected the people around here. Here she was, this little girl who wasn't always sure what was going on and couldn't see anything, but she had this sense of humor and just energy about her that could make all of us smile and laugh. We often ask ourselves, how could our loving God allow children to be blind, delayed, abandoned, and more? But what I learned this summer is that God works through these children just as he does each one of us. Through Valeska, this center was full of life and hope. This was her gift given to her from God to share with each one of us. Not so long ago, I was at a stormy place in my life, and, um, and while, sorry, I don't remember my speech, anyway, um, <laughs> at this stormy place, I was listening to a song that I felt that um, God had been sharing with me during this time, and um, I, uh, I, uh, <laughs> I decided on one particular night that I could either wallow in self-pity or seek out help, so I called a good friend. Uh, someone I could trust. And uh, we all have someone like this in our lives, someone who will help us out of a sticky situation and drop whatever they're doing or just listen to what's been bothering us. And my friend did this for me, and I appreciate it very much. And this friend um, 
about a week later, died in a car accident on her way home from Goshen College. And the conversation we had that night stays with me. I told my friend that even at my lowest point, I could feel God's presence through a song, as I said, that I'd been playing during this time. It felt good to think that God was watching out for me in whatever way that he could reach me. And then I remember asking my friend if she believed in God. And I felt silly as soon as I had because I knew the answer was yes. And it showed. It showed in the way she lived, in the way she loved, in the way she reached out to everyone around her. She was God's vessel, and she was very glad to be. But she answered my question with the most simple and unassuming yes. And there we sat, listening to the song playing over and over. I often feel God's work in my life through this way, through others around me, through a good network. It's good to know that we serve a God who will reach us in whatever way he can, whether it's through a song or a good friend or something in the distance on the stormy sea. All we have to do is look and listen. sophomore in high school, I attended an all-girl, four-day Christian retreat called Chrysalis. It was one of the most memorable, memorable events of my life. One of the most unforgettable things that happened while I was there was seeing a mime called Unburdening. One of the clowns mimed pulling a heavy bag of rocks, while the other clown was Jesus, continually miming, trying to help. At the end of the mime, the burdened clown gave up her rocks to Jesus, and she helped her lay them against the cross. It really hit home. At that time in my life, I was just holding on to a lot of things that were weighing me down. I remember bawling like crazy and clutching my friend's hand, who was also quite moved. When the mime was done, our clergy members handed us slips of paper in order to write our own burdens on them and then nail them to the cross they had lying on the floor for us. I know it sounds a bit cheesy, but I just felt such a relief after nailing my rocks to the cross. They then when we were done, they took the slips of paper off the cross and burned them in front of us. They then told us to stay completely silent, which at first was a little hard for me because I love to socialize, but, the next, but it was just wonderful to have that time of reflection and peace with God. The next morning, we came to chapel completely silent. Our clergy members brought out the ashes and washed them away in front of us. It was symbolically freeing. It's okay to have those burdens. The important thing is to know when to give them up to God. That's why I feel that Christian retreats are important in your walk with God. Even though they may not change your life completely, you are, you are still enriched by the experience, no matter how long it lasts. 
And if you never have an opportunity to do one, you can still have an unburdening of your own. With faith and prayer, God will help you on your journey. On our journeys, Jesus says, come. Then Peter got down and stepped out of the boat, walked on water, and came towards Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, cried out, Lord, save me! Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, he said, why do you doubt? And when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. Then those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. 
San Mateo 18, 19 a 20. Esto les digo, si dos de ustedes se ponen en acuerdo aquí en la tierra para pedir algo en oración, mi Padre que está en el cielo se lo dará, porque donde dos o tres se reúnen en mi nombre, ahí estoy yo, en medio de ellos. Matthew 18, 19-20 I tell you the truth. If two of you agree on earth about anything you ask, it shall be done for you by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered in my name, I am there among them. For generations, Christians have gathered together to embrace God's presence among them. We long to know God, and we long to hear his voice. The Bible tells us in Hebrews 1 that God has spoken to us through a son, his son, Jesus, who was and is the exact imprint of God. It goes on to say that this son is living and that he knows and judges the intentions of our heart. Too often I have allowed myself to fear this judgment because I know that the intentions of my heart have not always been the best. But it's in the midst of these thoughts of fear and of unworthiness that God has shown me what the Bible calls a secret. It's a secret which is spoken to all of God's children and it's found in 1 Colossians 1.27. It reads, The mystery that has been hidden from the ages has now been revealed, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. So Christ lives inside of me not only to take away my sin, but also, as John 10.10 says, so that I may have life to the fullest. Jesus demonstrated this lifestyle. He lived as a loving, empowered child of God. See, often I, I used to think about the fact that Jesus came to show us what God could do. But what I've discovered is that Jesus came to show us what one person who is rightly aligned with God can do. It is this lifestyle that God has also called us. This is why the Bible says we are to approach the throne of grace with boldness. It is because Christ lives inside of us and he is our hope of glory. In other words, he is the assurance that we share in the family of God. We are worthy and we are holy because of a gift of grace which God has given to all who will ask of it. Thank you for worshiping with us this morning. Uh, you are dismissed.